Graham Crugeen is one of the candidates standing in Arbury, Castletown and uh, Maloo. Hello, Mr. Crugeen. Welcome. Morning, John. Fifteen years now, 2006, you were first elected. You were declared quite late. Was there some doubt about whether you would declare? What, at this election? Yes, at this election. No, there's no doubt. So you were just biding your time, ready yes. to come in? Yes. Um, 15 years, obviously. It's a long time to actually be in politics. During that time, what do you put down as your achievements? You look back on with pride. Well, I, I think like when you look at 15 years, it, it, it doesn't seem that long. And when I first came into politics, there's there people who have been in the job for 30 plus years and sort of uh, at 2016, uh, you know, been in for 10 years, then to be the longest serving member of the House of Keys was quite strange. Um, so do, do politicians look at it more short term these days? I don't know. I, I think what there was is um, there's, there's been a lot of people who'd been in for that many years and I suppose the age of the, the, the members coming in now is, is different. And, uh, you know, as achievements, I, I think from, from day one, uh, one of the things that Eddie Lowey, uh, who helped me... He was uh, a mentor to you, wasn't he? He was. I, I think I was very lucky at the time. There's, you know, people like Tony Brown, Alex Downey, Eddie Lowey. They were all in there, people who'd got years of experience. And, you know, the, the advice I was given was hit the ground running and, and show people what you can do. And, you know, from from the start, I think during my first time, I got more, more pizzas through... Uh, Tinwald than any other constituency even though it was a single seat so we had stuff like uh, the Crossock Farm inquiry so you, you'll remember the planning on there the poachers pockets um, there was iris there was all these things that we were dealing with back then and So do you feel you've been an effective politician? I do you know because um, what we did was we, we went through planning on the poachers pocket and the, the director of uh, planning had some of his uh, delegations taken off him because of what had happened on the poachers pocket Crossock Farm was another one where they'd gone into agreement and not really known what they were doing. Uh, Crossock Farm, Balasala area. Yes. And there was a bone of contention at the time. It was. They were going to put about 260 plus houses up there. And, um, you know, I, I put a, a select committee together which looked into that. And it showed really that government hadn't uh, thought through all the legalities when they were transferring some of that land. So when the planning application was defeated, it still left an opportunity for the then builder to may have continued where they were. Let's just talk about development. Uh, you've got two developments happening in your, in your constituency, big ones, at the top of Balasella and over by, by Castletown as well. Uh, obviously, people are shouting out, first-time buyers are saying, they're too expensive. 313000 is the average, which means some are going to be a lot more than that. Uh, some, presumably, will be less than that as well, but they seem far and few between. Uh, so are there enough between two and, say, 250000 for people to get on the ladder with? I don't think there is. I think when we're looking at affordable housing, which the developers have to provide over a certain number of properties. But are have... the developers told you have to provide houses before you get the development? Does that happen? It, yes, Are it we does. tough enough with them? It does. It comes in that if, if you've got a, a development over a certain number, they have to pr- provide affordable housing. But, but by what do you mean by affordable housing? Well, it's, it's what within, cost? Within the government scheme. So, so you've got the government scheme where they can do shared equity and... and uh, they can also give assistance to all those properties. Now, that's one of the areas that has, has come up constantly during knocking on doors is actually how affordable are these uh, properties. And the shared equity that we actually can have in these properties 
is it actually enough? Because as you've seen, the cost of materials have gone up, the cost of houses have gone up. Do we need to increase? But these properties are snapped up, aren't they, to buy to let, aren't they? They, they disappear very quickly. No, because these, these, these affordable... These are put ones, to one side. So these are put to one side for people who are on the government's affordable housing So why list. are people still complaining there's not enough of them? Obviously, there aren't enough of them. I think that's because there isn't enough of them. And, and Can we get tougher with the developers and say, we need more of these? I think we can. And But then government has to pay, play its role in that as well. And what we've seen is that um, you've had developers and you've had people from off-island thinking this is an opportunity to actually take up and get a good income. But, but you're in the government. Can't we do something to stop this? Well, yes, we can. You know, so the next administration can look at ways of actually... What about the last administration? We've had five years. Well, what we've had is like in the last last 18 months or so, because of the COVID pandemic, we've not had, had those situations. It sounds come. a bit like an excuse. No, it's, it? not, it's not. Because it, it, this is actually... When you've seen the house price rises, that's all been within sort of the last 18 months, two years, the house prices have re- raised significantly. And you'll have seen sort of... Um, it still sounds like an excuse. They're still being crying out. We need houses. We, we need somewhere we can raise a family in and they're just not available. No, but but what we have to do is we will have to put new schemes in there. And, you know, those schemes could be along the lines of putting an increased land registry fee on for people whose these houses are not their primary... You had 15 years in, in, the, but that, in uh, government to yeah, do something about this. But this has only raised its head at, at this level now. So, so saying that 15 years ago... It was not the issue. We we have come forward with schemes that has helped people. But as you should realise, that what we've got is that the cost of materials have gone up significantly um, for, for properties, which has then caused a problem with what the schemes the we have now. Developers are still making a bob or two, aren't they? Oh, they are. Are we tough enough with, say, developers with other in other areas? The Isle of Man Bank, obviously, um, closed its branch in, in Castletown. Um, a delegation went down. Everybody assumed they weren't going to get anywhere. Have we got enough clout as a government? I, th- I think you've got a private sector company, and they, the, the law as it was, we could not stop them. And it was a decision that was ultimately made in in Jersey. And so we give up? No, we shouldn't give up. We, we, we did give up, though, didn't we? March down and marched but, away again. But unless you're actually going to start putting further subsidies in there because they're going to say well it's losing us money who's going to pay for but this people, service? surely we should if that helps the situation and and where do you keep that where do you put that level of subsidy up because, i don't know that's the government because problem, but... I, I, because I, w- I would say that there's level of subsidy that goes into manx radio about a million pounds now there's other private radio stations out there. Would you say that's about fair? How, how do you think, I think that Manx Radio is another subject we could go on to it, but it would take a long time to actually talk about. And has it been raised by the chief minister? I think as a, as a <laughs> yes. as, as something to beat Manx Radio about the head. Yes, with you've had a bit of a row with them. In a part, we'll just move on. The post office in Balasala. Yes, obviously that was a major down wasn't it it was what could be done to say that you one stage were chairman uh, i was and Uh, and you fell out with them because you you, the coman basically said you weren't supporting them as you should do yes and and i wasn't supporting them because they wanted to corporatize the post office and what we've actually seen is the post office carrying out what they were were told by tinwell not to do because they were they were told not to corporatize and when we looked at corporatization of the post office as they'd done in uh, jersey They'd gone down to a five-day week. They'd closed some post offices. You know, they'd done all that. And this board has done that. And I went to the chief minister at the time, which you'll remember that it was, it was on the news. And I expressed my concern regarding that. 
And uh, the chief minister said, yes, we're going to do something. We're going to get a new board in. And the next thing is that I was sacked from being chairman because I was standing up for you keeping the post office. You weren't falling in line with the statutory board. You were told you should have been doing that. And in fact, you were basically going against them. Yes. Uh, from what they were saying, coming in with a different point of view, and they, you were told you shouldn't be doing that. Well, I, I think somebody had gone and had a word on a, a few ministers at the time and, and, and said, oh, well, uh, the chairman's not going along with what we want to do. But what I w- I've always stood for is having those community facilities. And when you look at the, the savings that were made with the changes to the uh, Douglas and Ramsey uh, post offices, the money that was saved for that was supposed to have been put in to keeping the network viable. And that doesn't seem to have happened. So what, what's the way ahead for the post office? You've great experience. You worked in the post office initially, and then you came in, you were chairman. What, what's the way ahead? What's the answer? Uh, well, one of the things that we could actually do is actually look at, um, if, if it's not viable to have a permanent post office in an area, whether we can work with other bodies, whether we can have something like a mobile uh, post office that will go around and service the community. Is that used in other places, say in the UK? Um, they've they've put actually they've put some additional services in, but it's something that we could actually work with, say, the mobile library, because the mobile library is still going around our communities, and and to provide those sort of services would be quite joined up. One thing that I was interested in, you said in in, in twenty sixteen, um, I am pleased to be able to help in progressing plans for a visitor centre in St Mark's. And on completion, this will be a great asset to the South Island. This came as a surprise to me, I must admit. What, what was that about? St Mark's Country Park. It's just down the road from Oh, it. that is the visitor <laughs> centre there. That's run privately, isn't it? It is, yes. And that's now operating. It is, yes. So that's something you put down as a tick on your list, I must admit. It was, because you know, you're helping businesses and, and, and you're helping the visitor economy on the island. Visitor economy, the Peggy. Yes. Uh, now, you want the Peggy back where the Peggy was. Yes. Uh, the Manx National Heritage say that's impossible because the, the it, where it was, it was rotting to pieces. The nails were all rotting, etc. It needs to be built in a custom-built £5 million facility. They do have a large building next door, I think, um, a barn of some sort. But you say you want it back where it was originally. Is, is yeah. that physically possible without it disappearing in a pile of rust? Well, yeah, yes, it is, because you know, the, the Peggy is about the story about where it was, not taking it out and putting it in a, in a new purpose-built uh, environment. It is a bit of the Peggy-less museum at the moment, I must admit. It, it is. But in practical terms, um, Manx National Heritage must know how much it would cost, and they say it costs £5 million. You You question that. Yes, and, and you know, th- th- there's one thing saying that, oh, it's going to cost £5 million, but are they being realistic about what they're trying to achieve? Are they just going for a grandiose scheme? You know, the, the Peggy was there for many years undiscovered, so why can't we leave it there? We can because carry... it was rotting to pieces. Yes, but you can carry out work in that environment to make it uh, protective for the vessel to you, be in. Well, did you go down there when I've the been... Peggy was... It was a very cramped little sort of... But the stone building. But that's the part of the story, in. isn't it, John? It's part of the story. But that story was causing that... the problem, the, the rust, the nails disappearing, the thing would have fallen to so, pieces. So what's wrong with a bit of maintenance on it? So, so you I know, think carrying... it needed a bit more than a bit of but, maintenance. But, but just leaving things and then taking them away, you know, that is the story of the Peggy in Castletown. Just moving on to a big subject, the Emergency Advisory Committee, or Vice Chairman of that, yes. I believe. Does the government listen to what you say? Not all the time. Well, not. I've read <laughs> one or two things. It says that it's, you sounds a bit grumpy on occasion with your reception. Yes, and it's it's very frustrating. Well, aren't they there to advise the government? Yes, and and you know it's frustrating when that advice isn't taken. And you know, as we'd said previously, um, 
when we were re removing restrictions, we we'd suggested that it should have been delayed for a number of weeks to so that we could get a number, a larger number of people protected and we could have got some better PR out. And the vote was that um, they would re... re uh, uh, remove the restrictions. Just get sooner. me right. You were set up as a body, basically, to steer the government, to help the government go in the right direction. But you're saying in certain times you've come up with advice and it's been left outside Komen's door. Yes. Well, is that the way it should happen? Uh, I mean, well, we would all hope not. But I mean, I, shouldn't you resign and say this pointless being vice chair of this committee because I'm not being listened to? Well, what's the point of resigning? Because then who's going to go and put that voice? We draw into a point to the fact that the committee wasn't been listened to. Yes, but, it? You, but but we were at that point that if if I was to resign and if the if the whole of the emergency advisory group was to resign then what voice would there be to, to put in that advice to council so you feel during that time? In some areas, you're being effective. You are getting the advice through. So not all, but some. But some. Am I right what, in saying what, that? We, what you'll have seen recently is there, there has been more advice going out about sort of mitigation measures and, and stuff like that. So, so it is. Unfortunately, sometimes it's later than, than we would have liked, but it's the advice that we've given. Well, just move on to the, the prison uh, the capacity of the prison. It's Well, two places I've found 137 or 144. Take your choice. I'm not quite sure. Presumably with COVID as well, it'll be less than slight. How many people are in there at the moment? Um, I haven't got those figures with me today because it goes on... on... Home Affairs Minister, shouldn't you know how many are in there? I mean, is it full? Is it half full? Is it well, nobody it, it, in there? No, there, there are people in there, but as you will as you will be aware that uh, no doubt the radio station covers the court cases every every week. That there's, there's, but, but, there's just a, a general a figure, not not exactly. Is hundred in there? I mean, I, I think it was just less than a hundred. Just less. Last, you think last, it's just less than a hundred? Yeah, around about ninety-eight. It was about ninety-eight less. Like I think figures that I saw. So there's time. capacity there if we need it, etc. Yes, which is useful. Uh, and the prison you feel is operating well despite the COVID threat. I, I think over the over the COVID period, you know, the 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 prison uh, acted to try and protect the people that were in the prison. Yeah, you know, they did the right things, they, you feel. They did, because they, they, they were protecting those people who, who were in the prison who were vulnerable. What about the best little prison in the... What about that uh, programme? Where did that my get time, us? Where did that get us? Before my time, John. Is that, is that still... The ripples from that still going on? I presume there it's is. still referred to occasionally. And um, What lessons have we learned from... You, You, amongst other things, have been on the Public Accounts Committee some time back, yes. etc. But the Public Accounts Committee... What lessons have we learned from the promenade, from the Liverpool landing stage, um, even from the flumes, about how better to spend um, uh, spend my money and everybody out there's money? I think what there is, is there's the process that government goes through on its tender, how they go out to tender, um, because that that can be quite bureaucratic and, and, and it's it, it doesn't flow easily. Um, and... When you've got di different people tendering, well, tenders fairly. See, I mean, it's used in business all the time. Used it in is, thing, but, it, but I, th I think when you've got some of the treasury requirements that you have to go through, and then it goes through the department and the budgetary process for that. So you're blaming the process for some of these. The, things. the, the process is there, and whether the the, uh, I think what you've got is that there's areas where they're looking at fifty percent on cost and fifty percent on quality. Well, you know, I think we should be looking more on quality and the, the whole life cost rather than just the initial cost of actually making sure something's in place. Uh, health. Uh, you were all for regional hubs um, 2016. You said that was one of your aims to get more health regional hubs 
in there. Where have we got on that? I think we're starting to see that being rolled out. In what uh, way? Um, well, you've, you've got um, uh, Ty Rosen. There's, there's uh, areas that have gone down to Ty Rosen. Um, where is that? Uh, down at, uh, it's, it's, it's actually in Port Aaron. I've got to be careful. It's right on the boundary. It could be in Michigan. That's, that's a new development. Uh, no, it's, it's part of the old Southlands area. Right. Uh, and but that is a regional hub. It's designed uh, as one, is it? And, and Well, it was the old Southlands facility, and you've got the old physiotherapy. Opposite the school there. Yes, yeah, so you've got the old physiotherapy there. And, uh, you know, what you've got to realise is that, you know, uh, we put a programme for government in five years ago, and, you know, 18 months ago, COVID has come along, and a lot of the stuff that was put in for programme for government then was put on hold. And There um, is a phrase that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. These do sound a bit like excuses. Admittedly, the island has been thrust into a very difficult position. But even so, life has to go on. Governmental life has to go on. And, and you can't just say, because of that, we couldn't do any of this. Well, no, because what you've, you've had to do is you've had to prioritise. So we've had to prioritise the trying to protect the island and its economy and its people. Now, if we would have con- if we would have continued on other things, you would have been probably one of the first people to criticise us for going. Oh, you've gone and dabbled in too many areas, and you forgot to oh, focus I, I, on. Of course on, not. Of course but, not. But th- 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 that's that's what will happen. That people will criticise because you f- failed to focus on it. And as we've seen in other jurisdictions, that during the COVID period, that you know they have just let things rumble on, and the death toll in some of these jurisdictions have been quite high. You've been uh, an MHK for 15 years, Dewan Watterson also, you and much the same time. You're obviously pretty influential because you've been around for a while. Who do you want as Chief Minister? It's going to be a difficult one. Dad, give us an answer then. Who, who do you think should be Chief Minister? Um, Not saying who will end up, but who should be. Well, this all depends on, like on, on the uh, decisions for the previous Would you year. like to be Chief Minister? It's not a position I've looked for. So that's a no, is it? it it's not a position. No, it's not a position. You w- wouldn't like to be chief minister? No. No. But who would you like to be? It all depends what the policies are going to be. And it also depends on who's going to be in those positions, because it's a team that, that actually moves things forward. You couldn't give us a name? I can't, because it all depends who's going to be there. You know, that, you know I would say going into the last chief minister's election that there was people that I thought that I could have supported and then things came out that I thought, well, maybe not this So you, you didn't fully support uh, the, the chief minister we've had for the last five years? Yes, and I didn't say that, John. I said what it was is coming up to the election of a chief minister. Previous, but there were other people you would have chosen. There was people at the previous to, to them saying that they wanted to go for that position. I thought, well, maybe, yes, I could support that. But then when sort of people started talking what they wanted to do, then I couldn't. We're quite close to the election, though. You still haven't got a name for us? No, I haven't. Because <laughs> I think there's, there's only one person who's gone and said that they would like the chief minister's role. We'll leave that there, I think, because we've used up our 20 minutes, which has gone very quickly. Graham Crugeen, starting, uh, uh, standing in Castletown, Arbury and Maloo, amongst with quite a few others, it has to be said. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, John.